your podcast home for all things coastal athletics. This is The Shot Pod. Now here's your host, Sam Wiederhaft. And the 3-2 once again is hit in the air to right. It is back there, and this baby is out of here! A walk-off grand slam for Parker Chambers! Coastal Carolina wins it! Shots win! Chambers goes deep, and this ball game is over! How would you like to wake up from a nap to that? No, seriously, I was dozing off on Sunday afternoon, but had the game on in the background and woke up to that call on ESPN+. Plus. There's no better feeling, really. Parker Chabers hits a walk-off grand slam to take down the 16th-ranked Duke Blue Devils on Saturday in the opening weekend for Coastal Baseball. I think we all missed that, didn't we? Great to have you with us. Sam Wiederhaft with you, your Shauna Clear Athletics Navigator. There's a ton of sports happening right now in the spring season, and I'm going to be the one that guides you through all of it. Today's guest is a leader of a team that's off to an undefeated start. I'm talking about women's lacrosse and head coach Kristen Selvage. She joins the show today, but first, I'll get you all caught up on this last week in Teal Nation. We'll start off with baseball because you just heard what happened, but that was one of three games against Duke. The shots dropped game one, 12-4 on Saturday, and won game two, 8-7, with the walk-off on Sunday afternoon, but fell in the back half of Sunday's doubleheader, 10-9, in the nightcap. Then Coastal turned right back around and traveled to North Carolina for a midweek game against another ranked team in Wake Forest and got an extra innings victory, 4-1, in 12 innings. The Shots had three players walk home in that 12th and final inning to pick up the victory. Keaton Hopwood would secure the win, pitching two innings in relief, struck out three as well. The Shots start 2-2 ahead of the CCU baseball tournament coming up this weekend. Softball fell to South Carolina in both games of a doubleheader, 8-0 and 10-0 on Wednesday afternoon. The Shots are now 2-4 on the season after picking up wins over East Carolina and Buffalo last weekend. Women's basketball had a midweek game against Georgia State on Tuesday afternoon in Atlanta and nearly pulled off their first Sun Belt victory. They lost it by five, 73-68. Asia Blunt racked up her third double-double in a row with a career-high 19 rebounds, followed by 17 points, and DeAsia Richardson continued her hot streak with 21 points of her own in the defeat. Men's basketball got another second-half win over Georgia Southern on Sunday, 65-55 the final to improve to 13-6 overall and 7-5 in the Sun Belt. DeMonte Jones had a double-double, 20 points, 11 rebounds, and Abrima Deba also added 12 points and a career-high 10 rebounds in the game. The Shots have that third spot in the East Division right now behind 10-5 South Alabama and 6-4 Georgia State. There's a big series this weekend against Troy to end the regular season and possibly improve that seed heading into the Sunbelt Tournament. Men's tennis grabbed a dramatic 4-3 victory over Kennesaw State on Sunday in Conway. Their record improved to one win, one loss. They're not back until March 5th with a match against Campbell. And women's tennis had a great week over some teams from Charleston. They won 6-1 over Charleston Southern on Sunday at home, then traveled to take on the College of Charleston on Wednesday and also won that match 6-1. The ladies have now improved to a 3-2 record through five games. 
Women's indoor track and field capped off their season in the Sunbelt Championships, finishing sixth place as a team. But Jermasia Arnold won the 400-meter title with a time of 54.46 seconds, the only runner with a sub-55-second time and her fourth 400-meter win of the season. So congratulations to her and the entire track and field team for their performance in the Sunbelt Championships last week. And the women's lacrosse team picked up their second win of the season and their first in program history over in-state rival Winthrop. After eight previous tries, they got it with a 12-9 win in Rock Hill. SOCON preseason all-conference team member Samantha Cordemanch led the teal. She had four goals and two assists, while the redshirt sophomore Lauren Craman found the net three times. A big win for Coastal. They're now 2-0 on the season and return home this weekend for the first home match since 2019. And I talked about it with sixth-year head coach Kristen Selvich. The two-time A-Sun Coach of the Year talked to me about what ending the season last year was like on the road and how this team has adapted to their own situation. So here's my conversation with Coach Selvich. Women's Lacrosse Head Coach Kristen Selvich, thanks for coming on the Sean Pod this week and spending some time with me. A big weekend for your team. You beat Winthrop, your in-state rival, for the first yep. time in program history after eight previous tries, <laughs> and a lot of those matches had been uh, extremely close matches. So how did it feel to finally get that first victory over Win Winthrop on the road, move to 2-0 and on the season? Well, it was absolutely amazing, especially just because we were starting off our season that way and just to set the precedent early that we're a team to contend with and um, that we mean business right from the start. But the, I mean, it was a beautiful day and the team just thrived and we had a little bit of hiccups here and there, you know, just getting to that W, but it was great to have Winthrop fight so hard and for us to kind of like respond and show them exactly who we are and like prove how tough we were in that game and uh, I'm really proud of the team and it was epic. Two wins early in the season against Radford and Winthrop. Um, we'll, we'll talk about 21, 2021 in a second. Let's go back to 2020 for a second. And it, you only played five games last year. You mm -hmm. were two and three before everything got canceled. You guys were actually in Denver when everything kind of came crashing down. Yep, Didn't get true. the chance to play a home game. Take me through uh, what that season was and how devastating it was to have that year canceled and uh, kind of just what followed. Well, I think, first of all, just getting the team to understand and buy into the fact that going on the road for five games was going to make us stronger, especially the teams that we were playing when we got to Colorado. Um, so, I mean, we were so bought into what we were doing out there. And I don't want to say that none of us cared if we won or lost because we certainly cared that we lost those games. But we also all had the mindset that coming out of uh, Colorado, we were playing two strong teams. We were going to be better and we were going to be prepared for conference. And we were going to be super prepared to come home on the teal turf and start, you know, annihilating people. And that's, you know, pretty much what was um, on all of our minds and, and in all of our hearts and the passion that we were ready to play with when we came back. And then to kind of have the carpet pulled out from underneath us was, I think, just twice as devastating because they had made so much sacrifice to play those five games on the road. And knowing that we were going to go five at home uh, was like totally worth the sacrifice academically and athletically and just in all different senses of the word so um, to be able to come back now and like get started on the teal turf is so important to us and I know that they're just going to sink their teeth into the opportunity. How has the preparation been different with a obviously extended off season and then only having five games to build off from off from from that 2020 season? Uh, we spent a lot of time um, scrimmaging each other and changing up the scrimmage units um, make putting a lot of different variety in the scrimmage units so some weeks it would be like our starting offense versus our starting defense but then some weeks we would really balance the whole team um, we brought we paid officials to come in like actual real officials so we could make it like a true game setting and just keep them uh, focused on you know keeping their eye on the prize like this is not 
we're not just going to like take our eyes off of everything because the, I mean the rest of the country a lot of schools were only playing like five six players at practice at a time we had the opportunity here to be playing our full team at practice so we were taking advantage of it fully like running our full offensive unit running our full defensive unit and just continued to say to them while everybody else isn't allowed to practice or they're sleeping or they can't you know get the job done the way that we can we're grinding and we're doing it 100% we're not just going to like rest on our laurels we're going to actually go hard you had four players that graduated in 2020 that mm-hmm. you convinced to return for the 2020 season for a for a fifth season. Abby Buchanan, Emily Dorzanio, Haley Wells, and Samantha Cordemanche. What were those uh, conversations like at the end of that season? How did you get them to come back for 2021? Well, each and every one of them was a little bit different, and some of them needed a little bit more convincing, and others were just like instant. Um, and um, don't get me wrong, each and every one of them 100% wanted to come back. It was like, is this feasible and is this the right thing to do for my career? Um, you know, obviously my actual career when I graduate. Mm-hmm. And then um, what can I do academically that makes sense and will help me prosper in the future? Um, and then, you know, it's the heartstrings and the passion and the pulse of this program that brought them back because those are their sisters that um, they knew that they could, you know, if they could afford one more year, they were going to do it. And so I think that our chemistry brought them back and the hope of putting a ring on their finger at the end of conference play brought them back and, you know, the right kind of ring, the the championship ring. And uh, so (laughs) um, I like, I know that they came back for all the right reasons because I watched the drive I watched the the motivation, the dedication, and um, you know we have we have something we always say about paying it forward. Well, they're paying it forward for all different reasons now, and um, they're thankful for all different reasons. So the motivation um, to come back w- were for all the right reasons, and they have been amazing leaders for us in in a different sense. And um, it's been I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for each and every one of them. Samantha Cordemanche is the offensive leader of this team. A, a great 2019 season with 30, not 39 goals. Um, was a Sun All-Conference after that season. Was preseason SoCon mm-hmm. this year. What's it like coaching her, and what makes her such an effective scorer on the field? Well, she doesn't actually know how good she is, which is probably the best part of coaching her. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, like, you kind of wish, I, you know, I, I wish that I could um, make her a cocky player so she could see how good she is sometimes, but it's really great that she is um, so unassuming in a way because she'll be like, oh, look, I can go. I'm open and just put the ball in the net. And there's like, oh, there it is. You know, it's so easy. But, um, you know, so she's kind of – she's easy to coach in a sense because uh, she's just kind of willing to like – she's pliable to whatever you want her to do and whatever you want her to run and just kind of adding a little bit more – or adding a few more weapons to the offensive unit has made her even more prolific as far as scoring and assisting goes. So um, it's been a lot of fun. It's been amazing to have her back. I'm so thankful she didn't um, decide to graduate. Uh, but I think a big part of like what makes her so great is her work ethic. She puts a lot of time into her stick skills and, um, yeah, has no idea she's as good as she is. No clue. You talk about that senior group being really tight-knit, but what about this whole group as, as a whole that you've noticed through the offseason and two games that has made them different than the previous uh, five teams that you've coached in your six years here at Coastal? It is remarkably different, and it's having to endure – uh, n- and nothing to do with 2020 and the season canceled. This group coming in was a, had its all its new identity um, with new freshmen and some of the girls from last year graduating. So their identity is totally separate from that. But it was having to endure 
COVID college life, which people might think is easy and it is not. They are constantly being like reprimanded and lectured for things that we would never be paying attention to. And through all of those like mountains that we had to climb and things that we had to learn and like reapproach and fix and test and do this and do that, like they found a bond and they found an understanding and they found a passion for what they wanted and they recognize that like if we don't do this right we don't get a season and I think that makes you just like all buckle down and focus together and all of a sudden they were just dialed in together At, but not just on the field but as friends as well it seemed like they just all of a sudden found their way and dialed in and they just I think they just keep dialing in a little bit more precisely as we move forward and it's been a lot of fun to coach this group because of that reason. You can tell their their eyes and ears are wide open. So with all the COVID protocols and everything, it almost makes it easier on you as a coach that they're so focused in on what's what's happening this year. Yes, it does. It wasn't easy in the fall as they were adjusting. It was probably the hardest thing we've ever had to do as a coaching staff with great reward now that we're in season. We definitely have we've had an advantage over those that had to go right into season in the fall that I can't imagine that. Um, we got to be like, we got to tutor ourselves up a little bit on what the whole COVID protocol was going to do and how it was going to be to adjust to that in season. The one constant thing that I've noticed with this team is I'll come into work extremely early in the morning and it seems like you guys are finishing up practice. Uh, <laughs> I want to know what time you guys are out there every morning and how did you make this team full of morning people? They actually chose this. Um, Good. All right. I mean, it was it was approached. Um, I was the one that was not the morning person initially. I was <laughs> That's the one. Shocking. I was the one that was resistant to it initially, um, and now uh, it's funny because my alarm goes off at four forty-five, and I have a forty-five minute uh, tr uh, you know commute here. So um, I've really jumped on board with this because it, it gives us longer days. But I think the reason why we like it so much is we get our practice in. We're super focused. Um, and then we lift afterwards. And you find that when your team accomplishes their practice in the morning and they get their lift done in the morning, if they still feel like they have energy, they come back and they shoot on their own or they do more on their own. You wouldn't typically get that out of a team that was practicing in the afternoon. They would sleep in, they would focus on their studies, then they'd come to their practice and go home at night and not give a little bit of extra. This team gives a lot of extra all day long. They're out on the field. They're doing extra stuff and doing what they need because they know, like, if I have the energy, I might as well give it and I might as well get better. So it's it's pretty amazing, but we don't, we don't mind um, watching the sunrise. It's pretty yeah. awesome. It, it, it's definitely good to start off the day productive, so you get that stuff out of the way. I know I could never do that. I'm not a morning person <laughs> at all, so I respect you guys for doing that. Um, talking about the just the conference as a whole, this is the third conference that you've seen Coastal be in. Mm -hmm. Started off in the Big South, went to the A-Sun, now the SOCON this year. Has that been a struggle for you or a challenge for you as a coach to it seems like you're playing different opponents every year. It's different road trips. What what challenges has that has that posed to you? Yeah, I can't lie. I think it is a challenge. I think that like um, I, I'm, I'm glad that we're doing the job of of what we need to do to help both conferences survive and thrive. That that is like not a problem for me at all. But, um, you know, when you start to have a really good um, rivalry and then all of a sudden you've got to switch who your rival is, it, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I. I like I like love rivalries. I love something to like set my sights on and go after. And so I'm kind of choosing in my own mind to pick some of the same rivalries because I think that's going to help us get better when we play some of those same teams anyway. So um, you know, should we end up changing conferences again, or we end up back into a conference that we were already existed in? Um, I don't think that anything, any of those like. Uh, rivalries will die in my mind but for now like um, I'm trying to get the team focused on seeing everybody as the same type of challenge 
uh, kind of despising them just as much as the next. And um, that way, hopefully, we can just annihilate one, one at a time and, and, and continue to like um, kind of grow our passion for our own game. Coach, I'll leave you with this one. Uh, it's the first home game this weekend since May of 2019. It's against Kennesaw State. Uh, what have you missed about playing on the surf turf, and how excited are you to be back? Um, like, I can't even. Hmm. It's a good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I am so excited. I have tears in my eyes because I know these girls really deserve it. Um, they've worked really, really hard to get here, and it's been a long time. Sorry. But they put a lot in, and they deserve this more than I could ever tell you. So. Um, we are beyond excited, super happy it's going to be a sunny day because while we have learned to become an all-weather team, this, uh, this preseason has been like the, the proof that we are now finally an all-weather team. I still think we are going to thrive on the teal turf in sunny weather, so I, I really can't tell you how excited I am to watch what, what they do as a team. And um, I can't wait to hear them screaming from the locker room while I'm on the field waiting for them for warm-up because that's kind of the most exciting part of the day for me is to hear them getting pumped up in the locker room. Coach, getting graced with the good weather this weekend, and good luck yeah. in your homecoming game against Kennesaw State this weekend. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate the time, Coach. That was awesome to hear Coach Selvich talk about how much she misses being home after totally missing out on that in 2020 and really get emotional thinking about how much fun this team is going to have on Saturday. She'll have that long-awaited homecoming game against Kennesaw State on Saturday at 1 p.m. to try and keep their winning streak going. Focusing on the rest of this upcoming weekend, we'll have baseball hosting the CCU Baseball Tournament. That's very properly named, straight to the point. The boys will play Bryant on Friday at 4 p.m., 23rd-ranked West Virginia on Saturday at 3, and close out the weekend against Kennesaw State on Sunday, also at 3. All games are on ESPN+, and the Listen Live link is on GoCCUSports.com. Softball also has a slate of home games all against Lipscomb, a four-game series on Friday at 3, Saturday at 1 and 3.30, and Sunday at 11 in the morning for the Chanticleer Showdown. So a ton of games happening from the TD Sports Complex this weekend. We go over to the HTC Center for women's basketball. They finish their regular season against top-ranked Troy. The first game is on Friday at 6 p.m. and Saturday at 4 p.m. for that second game. Those games will be on ESPN+. And you can listen to my voice on the website. The Listen Live link is on GoCCUSports.com. Men's basketball travels to Troy to also finish their regular season with two games, Friday at 7 Eastern and Saturday at 5. The Shots will try and improve on that third-place standing in the East Division and grab a couple of wins heading into the Sunbelt Tournament. And now for some fall sports that will be playing this spring. Women's soccer gets started back up after going 6-5 and five in the regular season in the fall and losing in the quarterfinals of the Sunbelt Tournament. Remember, the NCAA championships for some fall sports, including soccer, are in the spring this year. So the women's soccer team scheduled four road matches, with the first one being this Sunday against UNCW at 1 p.m. The men's team has already punched their ticket to the NCAA tournament with their Sunbelt tournament victory over Georgia State, so they'll be playing some tune-up matches, with the first one being this Sunday at home against Virginia Tech. That will kick off at 1 p.m. I hope you kept up with all that. There's a lot of action in Coastal Athletics this weekend. I'll remind you, you can, you can keep up with all the action for all of our sports on the Shawnee Clear Athletics Twitter page at GoCCU Sports and our website, GoCCUSports.com. We'll wrap it up there. Thanks for listening to The Shot Pod this week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again to lacrosse head coach Kristen Selvich for coming on, talking about this year's team and how much she misses being at Brooks Stadium. This is Sam Weederhaft saying have a great day, everybody. Enjoy that warm weather and go Shots.